Why, hello everyone, and welcome to the podcast. If you don't know me, my name is Nick. Um, and as I'm going through this podcast, I'm not sure who will ever be listening to this, if anybody will listen to this. But um, what I do know is that I really do want to take a moment of practice of as I go through the Bible, trying to give you my thoughts and trying to really emphasize and show how God is good and how God's character is the same throughout the entirety of the Bible. Um, I think that's really important, as well as trying to understand what does God want from us? What is so important? Why are we here? And so if you are listening, welcome. Thank you so much for joining. Um, And may God bless you and may God bless this. Um, as I'm reading through the Bible, I'm actually going through, uh, I'm in the, actually the book of first Kings in my current Bible reading. So I just read this today. And, um, and so we have a lot of times we talk about, uh, David, David, King David, David, who's like Goliath. He was a man after God's own heart. Um, what really set David apart or different than anybody else? Because David was not perfect by any means. David um, had sex with a woman that was not his wife. He then murdered the husband, um, which was huge. Uh, there's a lot of other things that David did that wasn't ever really quite right. David was not really that good of a good. He was not that good of a father to his kids, which is also kind of a really bad thing for him. Um he was a lot of times a little bit presumptuous, trying to always like move forward and do things, try to build the house of the Lord without consulting him until uh, Nathan the prophet was like, no, you can't do that. Don't do that at all. So a lot of things happen with David. But what set David apart is that David really wanted to make God's name great for God's own sake. Like David was not trying to make God's name great for his own sake or so that David himself could be rich. He really cared about God and wanted God to have the best, um, to, to be viewed as or seen as the best over everything. And if you don't believe me, just, just look at this. So like, so David gets anointed king over Israel or he gets anointed by Samuel to that he will become king. So he's still a boy, he's still a kid. He then goes and slays Goliath. Uh, Saul, who is the current king, who was also anointed by God and, and by Samuel specifically, but ultimately by God. Um, was told that he wasn't going to um, be in charge. So David then... Um, Saul then tries to kill David many times. And one time David has an army. He runs away from Saul. Saul then comes after him. David has an opportunity to kill Saul. All the people who were under David told David, all of his leaders, his mighty men, all those people said, kill Saul. He's right there. God gave him into your hands. And David said, no. I will not put my hand against someone who God has chosen. If God has elected them, I am not going to slay them. I'm not going to dispossess them. I'm going to let God do that. And let God do that within God's own time. Um, And honestly, it was more than on one occasion that's happened. It's like three or four different occasions 
where David could have killed Saul, and he did not. He relented. He stopped, and he said, I want to honor God and know that God has put him in charge of Israel. And so until that happens, or until God decides to remove from office, or God tells me specifically to slay him, I'm not going to go against what God has said. And that was a huge benefit for David. Um, huge, because it really did show a heart, a heart to really follow God, heart to do what God has said, a heart to make sure that God looks good throughout everything that's happening. We then lead to all David's faults as king. You go to Solomon. Solomon wants to be wise, but then Solomon gets filled with so much love that he ends up falling away from following God because of his wives that he's had and his love for those wives. So he allowed these wives to uh, change his mind or to get him to start following their gods because they're not all Israelites. And so God says, I'm going to dispossess you. I'll let you, Solomon, stay king, but your children after you are no longer going to be king. So then God then goes and talks, raises up a prophet to go talk to this guy named Jeroboam. Jeroboam is not related at all. Jeroboam, um, basically, God tells Jeroboam, I want to let you be king or charge over 10 tribes of Israel. So over the 10 tribes of Israel, you're going to be in charge. I'm going to let Rehoboam, which ends up being Solomon's kid. So Rehoboam is in charge of one tribe, basically. That's Judah, whoever lives in Jerusalem, which ends up being like Judah and Ephraim. Or, yeah, Judah and Ephraim ends up being that. But, so he raised up Jeroboam. Jeroboam, um, Solomon hears about this. So this was during time of Solomon. Solomon hears about it, goes, tries to kill Jeroboam. Jeroboam then flees and runs to Egypt. Solomon dies. Rehoboam becomes king. Jeroboam comes back. He gets the 10 tribes. Short version. But here's here's the biggest thing that happened. Um, Jerusalem ends up being the main place for the people to come and worship. That's where the temple of God is. So the Israelites, all 10 tribes, need to make a trip, uh, almost a yearly trip, to Jerusalem to be able to worship God the way God has designed or said it to be. But Jeroboam is worried or afraid that all the people who are following him, once they go to Jerusalem, that they are going to um, want to stay there. They're going to want to follow Rehoboam and it's going to be against everything. It's going to fall down. His power is going to go against him. So when Jeroboam does the terrible thing, which it's so bad because if you if he'd listened to the stories, if you read the stories, he would have known that this would have happened. But he then uh, he then creates new altars in his territory, and he makes golden calves. Which, if you re- are knowledgeable in the Bible, the golden calf was the um, statue or the idol that the Israelites made when they first left Egypt. Um, to when they when when they first left Egypt, they made the golden calf, and uh, Moses had to actually destroy that, grind up grind up the gold into dust and put it in water, and made the Israelites drink it and make it 
really bitter to kind of show them, like, this is terrible. Don't do this. You are disobeying God completely. God is not to be made of any idol. So Rehoboam, or Jeroboam should have known this. But he creates a golden calf and says, these are the God. This is the God that left you out of the hands of Egypt. And then he creates these high places for them to go and worship and for them to go and have their own um to have their own altar so they don't have to move to Jerusalem. All of this came about because he was afraid that the people would want to go back to Jerusalem or would want to follow Rehoboam. Basically, at the end of the day, he was afraid that God would not honor his word. And that's just, it, it's just so, for whatever reason, it just really hit me. Um, the, the note that I had here, because so it, in First uh, Kings chapter 12, now starting in verse 25, then Jeroboam built Shechem in the hill country of Ephraim and lived there. And he went out from there and built Peniel. Then Jeroboam said in his heart, now the kingdom will turn back to the house of David, meaning Rehoboam. If this people go up to offer sacrifice in the temple of the Lord at Jerusalem, then the heart of this people will turn again to their Lord, to Rehoboam, the king of Judah, and they will kill me and return to Rehoboam, king of Judah. So the king took counsel and made two calves of gold. And he said to the people, you have gone up to Jerusalem long enough. Behold your gods, O Israel, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And he set one in Bethel and the, the other he put in Dan. Then this thing became a sin for the people. For the people went as far as Dan to be before one. He also made temples on high places and appointed priests from among all the people who were not of the Levites and Jeroboam appointed a feast on the 15th day of the eighth month, like the feast that was in Judah. He offered sacrifices on the altar. So he did in Bethel sacrificing to the calves that he made up or that he made. And he placed in Bethel, the priest of the high places that he made. And he went up to the altar that he had made in Bethel on the 15th day in the eighth month, in the month that he had devised from his own heart. Then he instituted a feast for the people of Israel, and he went up to the altar to make offerings. Basically, uh, Jeroboam didn't believe God and what God had promised him. And so out of his fear, he went in and he actually committed a bunch of sin to try to ensnare the people to himself. And honestly, what ended up happening is that he angered the Lord more and more. And so I want to take this moment to kind of think about, I took this moment to think about for myself, and I want you to think about this as well. As we go throughout the time, um, whenever you whenever you think and meditate on God's word, how often does our fear keep us from actually living the life that God wants us to live? Let's think about this. This fear aspect is something that's been very prevalent throughout the entire Bible. Let's look at Abraham. Abraham was afraid that God wouldn't fulfill his promise. So Abraham had Ishmael. Um, Abraham was afraid that God would fulfill his promise and he would die. So God, so Abraham or Abram, both of them, they're the same people with different names. Um, Abram and Abraham told the king, the Pharaoh of Egypt, that Sarah, his wife, 
was his sister so that way he wouldn't die um and that was based off of fear and that became a whole different set of issues you had jacob who didn't believe that god would um even though god spoke this when he was born he didn't believe that god would allow esau to serve under him to to he didn't believe that God would fulfill his word that Esau would serve Jacob. And so instead, him and his mom tricked Isaac into getting the blessing. And and then Jacob ended up tricking his brother Esau into selling his birthright. Um, and so when we try on our own standard to fulfill what God has for us, instead of waiting like how David did, and wait on the Lord. Um, we tend to get a cheap substitute, and what we get, even though it does fulfill what God has said, we end up creating more issues and more problems, and we are not able to enter into God's rest. And I think the biggest thing we want to do is we want to enter into God's rest because when we enter into God's rest, one, there's less striving. And two, we get to fully understand and know who God is and what he wants us to do. So those are my thoughts. And uh, we will, uh, we will, um, I'll talk to you more about what God is teaching me and showing me next time. Um, until then, just remember that God is um, amazing. God is great. Uh, and he really our job, our goal is to let everyone know that God reigns and that God is the Lord of all the earth. Our Father who is in heaven, his name is holy. His name is life. And that... My cat just... Uh, well, not just my cat. My wife and my cat just walked by. Um... And that when the reason why God wants to share his glory with us, the reason why God wants to do good things for us, the reason why God wants us is so that we can make his name be known and his name, like we can let the world know who he is. Um, he does it for his name's sake. And so just remember that as we walk through, no matter what you're walking through, whether through the highest of highs or the lowest of lows, that God is God. He is great. And that when we can make his name great and when we can keep on speaking about how great God is, we can feel his presence in every situation. God bless.